Masonic Light Podcast. This is Past Master Moore calling with my critique review of episode 107 entitled Toby Hansen, the Independent Order of Oddfellows. What a really interesting interview. He knew a lot about uh, the Oddfellows, of course, but quite a bit about Freemasonry. And he is the grand musician for the Independent Order of Oddfellows. Uh, it was a long interview. I would say probably one of the longest I believe we might have, might have interviewed him for 45 minutes. Brother Cronkite, I enjoyed your uh, news story about Brother Washington and uh, Thanksgiving and the turkey story. And that was about it for guests. Uh, last thing, Larry, you're bringing back that word awesome. You said it at least four times. And now you even have Pete saying it. You sound, you both sound like millennials. They, they use the word awesome and amazing all the time. So maybe you could use the word interesting or remarkable or incredible. But let's get away from the word awesome. It drives me crazy. Guys, I'm heading upstate for rifle season, annual family event. I'll be back uh, after the first week in December. Hope to review episode 108. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Bye from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Hey everybody, welcome. Episode 109. 109. 109. Wow, how did we get this far? How did we do this? Hard to believe you guys can actually hear us because we got new microphones and we've been trying to figure them out. Yeah, it's like plug and play and we screw that up. <laughs> we plugged it into the wrong orifice. That's what happened. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, we're on extra lockdown again now. So has anybody done anything Masonically in the past couple of weeks? We'll just do that instead of going around the horn. Well, we uh, actually had we actually got our stated meeting in night before last before the uh, double fell. Yeah, uh, so we actually got through that, and uh, we're actually scheduled to give a third degree tonight. And about nine o'clock this morning, as we're recording this, uh, the bells went off on my email, which meant it was a it wasn't a, just a typical Masonic email. It was from a district deputy or higher, and it was like, uh oh. We were, we were done. <laughs> Jack, what's going on up in Ephrata? Um, I had Masonic education on Monday night with a couple of um, candidates that are working on their proficiencies. And uh, that's really it. And uh, now it looks like that's gone virtual. Um, although, and, and I didn't say this out loud or publicly in any way, but, you know, we may just get together occasionally and have a beverage and 
work on. And you're saying this on a radio no. show that 250,000 people Wait, listen to. Wait, I did? Wait, no. What? No way. It's okay. Never mind. I'm not really doing that. I'm kidding. Just yeah, kidding. I spent a lot of time planning the Pennsylvania Grotto Association meeting that's going to be in April in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, that I have no confidence will actually happen. Yes. Are we putting deposits in on all those places? Um, I have not written that check out yet. Um, so we're good, I think. Because yeah. I just, I can't see it happening. Um, no. I, I think the wife and I were talking and if you follow that chart that was in like the New York times, like I would not be able to get a vaccination until like September. So, you know, so I'm not a, line, I think I'm were, a first responder. I'm way <laughs> down the list. There were four people out of a hundred behind me in that line. That's how long it'll be before I get it. <laughs> So tonight's episode is brought to you by our Patreons. Yeah. Uh, Tim. Tim, yes. tell us about our Patreons. Yeah, they're probably regretting this decision, but for <laughs> uh, <laughs> but for as little as one dollar a month. One damn dollar. Just a dollar. You can in continue to encourage us to do this crazy stuff that we do. And uh, you can do that by going to www.patreon.com slash Masonic Light Podcast, is it? Yeah, That's correct. And I, I just did a nice little gesture. I went and all yes. of our $13 donors, I mailed them a, a, a scarf and a little thank you note. Really? Uh, and let me say, I, in the places that I have been in the last few days before things well, except went for crazy, the guys on the show that pay. You didn't get a scarf. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. They were very appreciative of that. And there have been a lot of pictures on Facebook of guys that have gotten it. And they thought that was really cool. And if you're a $1 or a $5 sponsor, you got um, a Christmas card that I got at the dollar store. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that takes one Wait, month of what you gave us away. So send us an extra dollar and then yeah. that'll balance well, it out. So we'll need to figure if somebody wants to be our Patreon um, of the month. wrangler, yeah. uh, we need to figure out a prize we can mail out to the people that are like the one and five dollar people because you deserve more than a Dollar Tree Christmas card. Yeah. And if anybody has any painting needs, our $10 contributor, um, R. Scott Hoover, will do a paint job for you. But uh, you have to find his phone number as best you can. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> I just want to make sure we get that plug in for him. <laughs> and his, his, his travel distance is like 10 minutes from exactly. Southern Lancaster County. In a circle around Beaumont Circle or whatever. <laughs> Belmont Shopping yeah. Center. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're just going to kind of just catch up on the year. or whatever. Right, let's we're just doing. admit it. We're winging it today, okay? We're winging it. We don't have a show, but we're going to have a show. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, 
updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home. The George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. We thank you for being with us uh, to listen to this mess. Um, but <laughs> Pete has uh, a, a scenario. Pete, Pete has many pet peeves, and uh, good communication technique is one of them. And uh, Pete, why don't you tell us a little bit about the most recent communication snafu that you experienced masonically? So locally here in, in Lancaster County, um, some philanthropists came up with a great idea a couple of years ago. And it's called the extra give. And it's one day a year. There's a big push all day. And everybody donates to all kinds of nonprofits. And they make, they literally raise millions of dollars. So obviously this year, because of COVID, it didn't get all the publicity in the press. But this happened, I think, on November 18th. Right. Well, yesterday, which would have been December 8th, um, I got a postcard in my in the mail uh, from the Children's Dyslexia Center of Lancaster County and telling me to be sure to donate at the extra give that happened two weeks prior. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, look, the, the mail is screwed up. My wife has been waiting for a package that's in limbo, and I'm sure a postcard does not go first class, so maybe it has just been rotting and sitting. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But in addition, on the card, it listed how to um, how to go and go about voting. So if you've ever like downloaded like an Eventbrite or any kind of other URL, they had a URL that was literally five lines long with all kinds of characters, like you're going to be launching a uh, – like a, a nuclear missile. <laughs> and they posted this long, complicated thing because I guess they're expecting that you could click it with a mouse. And, and this is on a postcard, right? Let's just be clear. This came out on a postcard in the mail yes. with this with this 400-character URL that you're supposed to copy and paste somehow into the thing. So right? nobody's going to do that. Then they decided to get current and they have a QR code. And they say, take a picture of this, um, open your Safari app, which is assuming that everybody has an iPhone. Right. So I don't know. I guess so back to my pet peeve of Freemasonry is you can't assume that everybody knows what you know. And if you're going to market an event, you need to spell it out simple and timely. Jack? Yeah, I no, you're um what do they say in advertising? You advertise to a third grade level or something like that that um you know, people have to be able to to catch it and hang on to it and and that that's just a perfect example 
of how not to do that kind of advertising. And like while we were while we were on a break, um, it was said that we should not throw anybody under the bus. And that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is using this as an opportunity to point out how to do it better the next time, right? So um, when you're communicating to a large audience like that, you have to go to the lowest common denominator. You have to have a simple, if there's, if there's a website, it has to make sense. It has to be short, maybe, maybe eight or 10 characters, maybe if you, if it's something somebody has to type in. Um, but it, it's, it's that kind of thing that has to be easy. You have to make it easy. Uh, I'm in sales of, of my career and part of what I have to do is I have to make it easy for people to buy from me. Right. And there's also what they call a a call to action. Now I'm a Scottish rate Mason. I know exactly what that dyslexia center does, but there should be something on that card that says your donation will help this. Like, you know, how many children are being helped at that school? That's that school does so much good work for, for a lot of good people. Oh my God. So, you know, I mean, I am kind of busting balls a little bit, but I want them to succeed. And, you know, I'm just hoping that it wasn't after the event and somebody still had these postcards laying around and they said, well, we paid for them. We might as well mail them (laughs) (laughs) and spend a few more hundred dollars on postage. So I can hear that conversation happening. Yes, I can. So, yeah. So and that's, like, a, so that's an organizational communication, right? That's something coming out from the organization. But the same thing is true when we're communicating person to person or within the lodge or whatever. Uh, communication is three things. Sending, receiving, and confirming. So, and I did this when I was a monarch of the grotto. I would hammer the emails. So I would send an email notice out about the meeting And then once every couple of days, I would send something out again and again and again. And the guys before me would do the same thing. Like I know even like George Heinsohn would send YouTube videos of of songs. It was silly, but, you know, it it was his personality and it got attention. Um, You can't just like post something one time and then bitch because nobody showed up. I'm sorry. Tim, is it time? No. Oh, sorry. Is that the uh, stop beating of the dead horse uh, siren? I don't know. Josh no. was going to play us out if we start beating oh, okay. a dead horse. No, I think that was the censors. No. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't guessed, here in Pennsylvania, they put the official big lockdown on us uh, today. Uh, I guess Tim kind of mentioned it a little bit early. So, Tim, what was the, the, the wording of that? Uh, what are we allowed to do and not allowed to do? Well, it's really hard to tell. I actually had to call and ask for a follow-up because the, the letter... Communication. That, the communication that came actually said all Masonic activity is suspended immediately until January 31st, and it will be reviewed on the 15th of January. Um, but... During a follow-up call, because uh, as you know, uh, in my lodge, during the first lockdown, we started a nightly toast call. And while I don't think we're going to return to a nightly toast call, 
I think there is a strong possibility we might return to at least a weekly toast call. I, I think you should go to get drunk and stay drunk call. Yeah, just I stay drunk the be. whole time. That's that, that's one. What's one way? Anyway, so I had to call for clarification, and basically anything that we want to do virtually that is permissible. But uh, pretty much anything that goes on in a Masonic building, um, any Masonic-related activities are canceled. Um, and shortly after that went out, not only did like AMD cancel, the Valley of Harrisburg canceled two public shows they had scheduled, and um, you know, every including uh, the January Cigar Lodge canceled. So, <laughs> yeah, what? Right. yeah. No. Yeah, can you believe it? Oh, heaven forfend. I know. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty much uh, anything uh, related to that. And um, so it's it, it's going to be a dark winter, I think. It, it is a shame, and it is real, but it will pass. Right? It will. It will pass. Well, one thing that we were discussing here in my home was that the, the COVID numbers, at least in our area, are worse now than in the beginning when we had like the very serious lockdowns. Yeah. But we've all kind of uh, gotten a little lax on these things. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a good idea. I mean, at this point, I think everybody knows someone who's had a, a negative outcome with the virus. So, a negative you know, outcome. Hmm. Well, I mean, you got yeah. some people that are asymptomatic and like, oh, you know, like so-and-so got it and nothing happened to them, so I'm going to be fine. Well, yeah. no, it might not be fine for you. Right. Well, and I think- there's, there's, I, I have a, I have a, and I was going to say something about this. I was going to post something on Facebook, but I, I'm, I'm so over Facebook at this point. But I, I do have a legitimate question and related to COVID and it's just me being stupid, but okay. So I'm- taking care in my house. When I go out, I wear a mask. When I, I wash my hands, I sanitize, I do all that stuff. But if I leave the state and continue to do those same things, then when I come back to the state, I have to quarantine for 14 days? Yeah, that's, that's the guideline. That's, that is true. How is that... <clears throat> How is that? How does that make sense? Well, we're not. Are, are we? Are we going to evaluate everything we do based on sense? No. Well, no. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to calibrate this based on reality, and I'm having a hard time because there's a lot of these things, and I don't want to. I don't want to get into the politics of it. I, that's not what I'm about. But, yeah. but if I'm if I'm if I'm taking these precautions here, and I'm taking these precautions there, then when I come back here. I have to take extra precautions. Right. I don't understand. Well, I, I think the flaw in the whole system has been the consistency of all of the things that have gone on. It's, uh, you know, you can have a high school football game with guys tackling each other and all this, that, and the other, but you can't have a beer at the bar with six feet of distance between you. You can if you have French fries. As long so. as you have French fries. But, um, yeah, so, I mean – we could discuss all day long the consistency of some of this stuff. There's, there's, I'm sure we could use a psychologist to explain. They have to put a little bit of fear into you. But I, I heard something on the radio the other day where they were talking about how 
back in the early '90s when the um, the AIDS crisis was, you know, ramping up and getting crazy, they were putting ads out there that uh, basically saying like, if you don't use a condom, you're going to die, and they made such dire claims that people just tuned it out. And which I think is exactly what happened here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, they just need to be more realistic with their their marketing on the stuff and because the doom and gloom it may be correct but it doesn't motivate people so welcome to the COVID show thanks for joining us tonight (laughs) we haven't had one of these in a while uh, well, I mean, it's been around, you know, we've been talking about it. We've been, we've been chipping around the outsides of it, but we've never really talked about it. Right. I mean, even yeah. going back to, to the night's quarantine thing, it was, right. it was this mythical thing that's coming and nobody knew anything about it or whatever. Yeah. But it's, well, and the challenge that we face as a fraternity is we're a fraternity made up of a lot of older folks. And when you look at the mortality on this, clearly the older you are, the more likely you are to have that negative outcome that Pete talked about. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, for those of us in our fifties and sixties on the front end of that, we think, well, maybe the risk isn't so bad. The problem is, you know, 60%, 70% of our lodge is above that in age. And I'm not going to get too specific on here, but, a but a fellow officer in my lodge, um, had his son come over for Thanksgiving dinner the day or the Monday after the son tests positive two days later, um, the officer and his wife both start to have symptoms. And three days after that, the wife is in intensive care. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all over the place. And this is someone that I think you told me was over, you know, usually very cautious. Yes. This would be a person that, is what I would call super cautious and simply invited son over for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and let's come back and we'll hear um, a news update from brother Walter Cronkite. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge, and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6020. Nine four. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. As 
far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. Hello, brethren. Dutchy Duck is back with an update from my lodge, the Broken Plow, number 377. Well, COVID is still raging outside our doors, and once again we had a meet virtually for the month of December. This pandemic has definitely altered a lot of our lives, and has upset the normal pace of things. Luckily, the brethren of the Broken Plow were able to maintain one of their long-standing traditions, delivering gifts to the children of the lodge with the help of the Belschnigel. Now for you uninformed brethren, you might wonder just what the heck is the Belschnigel? Famously, the character of Dwight Schrute portrayed the Belschnigel on an episode of the hit comedy The Office. Sadly, his depiction wasn't 100% accurate. Now for those of you from outside of Pennsylvania Dutch country, Allow me to tell you just who the real Belschnigel is. The Belschnigel is the traditional Christmas gift giver of the Pennsylvania Dutch, not that jolly old Santa Claus and his reindeer. The Belschnigel comes to visit you on foot. He's dressed all in furs, usually has a dirt-covered face, carries a bag of small gifts in one hand and a switch in the other. Traditionally, he would show up one evening in December and actually talk to the children of the house. They were expected to say a poem that they had learned and tell him if they were naughty or nice. It was usually a scary event for the children. And since the Belschnickel was played by someone from the local community, he could often tell the kids if they were good or not, possibly even reminding them of things that they might have done throughout the year. After that, he usually whapped each kid up the backside just for safe measure and then gave them a small gift before leaving. Years ago, those gifts might have been an orange, some walnuts, or maybe even a small piece of chocolate. No iPhones, Playstations, or fancy electronics. The Belgianigal, like us Pennsylvania Dutch, is a humble gift giver. Anyway, that's the tradition. For years, our lodge has had a brother dress up like the Belschnickel and go door to door to visit the houses of our brethren and hand out small gifts to their children. It is an event that all look forward to each year. And this year was no different. COVID be damned, the Belschnickel was going to make his rounds. Throughout the fall, we collected toys and prepared for the big night. Brother Nicholas Osgeva was selected to play the role of the Belschnickel this year. On the 5th of December, a few of the brethren met, masked up, and started the journey around 6 p.m. As we walked around the town, 
houses were all lit with Christmas lights. Trees blinked and sparkled in windows. Now it was customary that at every house the Belschnickel visits, he's given a small glass of something to help him on his journey. The brethren we visited made sure their glasses would help keep the Belschnickel warm, if you know what I mean. The evening was going great. Each Haas met the Belschnickel with the children both scared and excited. They nervously told the Belschnickel about how good they had all been throughout the year and thanked the Belschnickel after he gave them their gifts. He took a shot of whatever he was handed and down the road we went to the next Haas. I guess the brethren were feeling pretty generous this year because by the fifth Haas we visited, like the gifts he was carrying, Brother Nick was in the bag. His speech started to slur, his walking became more of a stumbling, and when we visited the Sofa family house, he was so tipsy that he accidentally hit Mrs. Sofa with his switch. Her kids laughed, she didn't. We all decided that someone had a tag team and helped Brother Nick out. We got Nick undressed and laid him in the back of the support vehicle, and Brother Samuel Clausen quickly donned the Belschnickel outfit, and off we went. By the end of the night, we had visited 15 homes and had gone through three different Belschnickels. What a joyous evening we had. Good cheer was spread, generous gifts were bestowed on deserving children, and fraternity and brotherly love was shared, as was a heck of a lot of distilled beverages. I hope that the Belschnickel visits your home this year and leaves you some small gifts as well. From my home to your home, I would like to personally wish all of you, my brethren, a very Merry Christmas and Blessed New Year. Or as we say in Pennsylvania Dutch, Hallige Christdag und ein glückseliges Neujahr. Till next time, work hard, stay plumb, and out in the lights when you leave the room. To learn more about the Pennsylvania Dutch language, culture, and history, please visit my website, padutch101.com, or my YouTube channel. Just search Doug Maidenford. In Masonic news today, in a remarkable twist of irony and fate, it has been announced that in a state where all Masonic activity has been suspended due to the recent surge in COVID cases, an outbreak of the virus has been traced to a recent assembly of very important Masons in a jurisdiction that will not be named. While it is tempting to wax philosophical on this development, this reporter will bite his tongue and wish all those affected by the situation good health and speedy recovery. In related news, the governor of Pennsylvania has announced that he has tested positive for the virus as well. Make of that news what you will. That's the Masonic News. So much. We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> do, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, you know, I almost included that phrase in this article, but I opted out. <laughs> I had it written and deleted it. No kidding. We're going to get phone calls. Or those, oh those who can do, those who can't teach. Uh, Sorry, Tim. Uh, no, I... I, I I hope that everyone is well and, and recovers quickly and that it's not, um, it's not any more than a, 
a mild inconvenience, but I know it can be, and it, it's serious, and I get it. So yeah. So this is this is going to be the shortest segment in history. Um, the, what does everybody, Larry, Larry? Do you have anything going on masonically? No. Tim. No. Josh. Nope. <laughs> Jack. Uh, nope. <laughs> uh, me, yeah, I guess. How about you, Pete? No, nothing official. I have some unofficial stuff behind the scenes, but yeah, just say no for the bit. Don't lick the envelopes. <laughs> Don't do it. I have a, I have a thing from Staples that uh, adult envelope <laughs> nature. I do have about fifteen uh, envelopes with dues in them that I need to open and process. So oh, no, no, disinfect, baby, disinfect. <laughs> soak them in Clorox before you open them. <laughs> Hey, uh, Larry, are you ready to take us home? Everybody stay safe out there. Special thanks to Everett Lodge 665 for making our beautiful studio available, albeit we haven't been there since March. And also, too, thanks to our uh, producer-director, Josh Lamberton, for always continuing to make our show extremely listenable otherwise we wouldn't have a podcast anymore and secondly a special thanks to josh also for helping me get this microphone configuration set up which has not been an easy task on my behalf and uh, i really appreciate the extra effort why we had to get a microphone that you need a damn engineering degree and you need all these specifications. You need 17 computers to be able to go in and set it up so sound quality is perfect. I just don't understand why we do these things. But here again, I'm a follower. Also, thanks to uh, special thanks to uh, to our marketing director Tim Denman, and of course our news director Jack Harley. Uh, also, Jack, uh, keep up the world of Cronkite. I think it's pretty much okay. And if it's not, we do have a legal team of, uh, what we, what, what, what's our legal team again? Oh, she's a kid. Oh, do we cheat him in how? We can always refer to them if we need it. Also, too, to our special contributors, Michelle Snyder, Doug Maddenford, and Jim Stevens. And uh, I really don't have a whole lot more to say, but I do want to mention one thing. We've been talking about a very serious topic on the show, and that is the fact that my wife, Carol, did come down with COVID-19 a few weeks ago. Um, she had, thank goodness, a very mild case of it and recovered. And as of today, is out of the 14-day quarantine. I was very fortunate. I tested uh, negative uh, about a week later on doctor's orders. So we're going to be good. But you've got to take it seriously. You really do. We have. And we still ended up, she still ended up somehow getting it. We cannot figure out how because we followed all the guidelines that you should. So be very careful out there. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Carry stuff around to clean your hands off with alcohol. I figure I've got more alcohol in my butt than I ever have in my life that I drank. So anyhow, be good. Take care. Thanks for listening. This is Larry Maris. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Stay safe. Bye, everybody. Wear your mask. Bye-bye.
Nous vous souhaitons